It's a joy today to be able to welcome Clover and Melissa. Uh, come on up, guys. Clover's my brother, and uh, Melissa's his wife, and they're here today uh, to share some of their story. Just so I don't go off script, Melissa. Melissa said beforehand she doesn't much like doing this, so I'm going to stick to the script, all right? So uh, this is what we're going to do, and uh, I won't go off piece today, I promise. I promise to be good. Uh, Melissa, for those who haven't met you and your family before, introduce yourselves, and also what you do for a living. Hello, um, thank you for welcoming us. I am Melissa, married to Clover, um, and I am mum of Amber, who's sitting over there next to Oscar, and um, Jasmine, who is at our church in Bath this morning. Um, I work as an architect in Bath, and yeah, generally busy mum, work, life, yeah. Melissa also has one of the coolest jobs I know, and she has the job I think most of us would love to have. You design showrooms for Jaguar Land Rover. I, I, do, I do, yes. Yes. So <laughs> she's very modest, but it's actually quite a cool job. I think a lot of us would like to think how to display those cars. You've done that for a few years now. So yeah, that's you. Uh, Clover, you're one of the pastors of Whitcomb Baptist Church in Bath. Um, a lot of people here won't have ever been, they won't know anything about the church. Tell us about it and a couple of things we could pray for you and your church. Sure. So I'm one of two pastors there. It's very, very similar to here, I would say, really. Um, twice the size. Yeah, okay. But, yeah. But, but if you came to a seven hours, it would look very much like it does. Uh, I've been there since 1998, a pastor since 2014. Got a new co-pastor. I think some of you would know Paul Mallard, who was working with me at Whitcomb until this year. New guy uh, called Tom, who's started. He's all kinds of young. He's 33. So sadly, I'm now the old pastor at Whitcomb Baptist. I joined that club this year as well. It's disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, in terms of praying for us, there's just been something that I think a lot of us at Whitcomb have been thinking about recently, which is the part we play in global mission. Um, it's very easy, particularly in Bath, it's a university town, you think about how the kind of the world comes to you, and that is an opportunity you want to take. But actually, there's a whole world where it's really difficult to hear about Jesus. Mm. So like Melissa and I, were, we, got, we got a few days away this week, it was amazing, we went to Morocco, to Marrakesh, it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the people there were really friendly, we didn't get any hassle, it was warm, that was good. But what struck me was, it's really, really hard for those people to hear about Jesus. Really, really hard. So in a minor act of protest about that, every morning I got up at sunrise, went up to the roof of our hotel, and I had my quiet time there, and then as the sun came up, I prayed, stood like this, because Jesus will reign where'er the sun. And I, I want my church to do something about that. Yeah, absolutely. Right, guys, let's remember that ourselves. Clock that. We'll be coming back to that as a church as well. Clover, one of the reasons you're here today is, I, I can't believe it, over 13 years ago now, I remember because your first wife Sarah died on Isaac's sixth birthday, my eldest son. She died the same day. So I always remember when it was. remember the night vividly because I was there with you in the hospital when she died. And she had breast cancer. You were left with Jasmine and Amber. Amber was only three at the time. Jazz was five. I mean, how did you cope with that devastating loss? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that in, in, in some ways I didn't really cope. We, it was completely unexpected. Sarah's condition worsened from being normal mm. but ill to dying in three days. 
Um, so, I mean, you were with me. I was just in shock. Um, and Sarah hadn't been laid low, so she hadn't had really significant symptoms from the cancer. So she had been doing everything with the girls. She had been working and, and, and stuff. And just, so I was just left spinning by that. And I think the thing to say is Christianity isn't about coping. It's about being held. And that was my experience. On a day-to-day -day basis, God gave me what I needed to get through. It didn't take away the pain. Um, it was hard. It was disorientating. Um, there were nights when I woke up, and you just hear this voice in your head that says, one of two things has happened. Either God doesn't exist, because if he did, that wouldn't have happened. Or if he does exist, he hates you. Mm. Doesn't care. And those are the, these are the only two possible, and it comes round and round in your head. And when that happened, I'd always do the same thing, which is I'd look to the cross of Jesus. Because there's so much I don't understand. 13 years on, I can't give you a better explanation as to why Sarah had cancer than I had then. But what I do know is the cross is always the light. The cross tells me for everything I don't understand, everything that is dark, the cross is always light. And that tells me that Jesus loves me and he's fixed death. Mm. And that was what I needed. Yeah. I remember that night vividly. It's burned into my mind. I can remember what I was wearing that night. It's that sort of night that everything became very real very quickly. I literally came to pick Clover up from hospital to drive him home when the medics said that they weren't sure Sarah was going to make it through the night. It was that dramatic. And Clover doesn't remember this, but I do. I remember ringing my first wife, Elaine, and saying to her, I'll be back in time for Isaac to open his presence in the morning. Whatever happens, I'll be home by seven, but I'm going to stay for as long as I can. And in the moment it took me to make that call, Sarah's heart had stopped, and I came running through with the crash team, and you and I were literally just held onto each other. But I'll never forget the first words Clovis said to me. They were these. She's going home, isn't she? She's going home. In that moment, he didn't mean home to Bath. He didn't mean home with him and the girls. He meant home to heaven with Jesus Christ. And I have never forgotten that was his first reaction in that moment of terror. She's going home, isn't she? Melissa, I want to pick up with your story now as well, because the week before you got married to Clover in 2015, um, you also got some terrible news about your health. Uh, can you tell us about your illness and just how your faith is helping you? Um, yeah, so um, about six months before Clover and I got married, um, I developed a persistent cough. Um, this was pre-COVID, so that wasn't language that we used all the time. Um, so I was having lots of investigations done, and um, the Monday before we got married on the Saturday, um, I was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer in my right lung. Um, the, the thing about the cancer is called um, adenoid cystic carcinoma and it, um, it grows really slowly but is very um, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't react well to drug or it can't be treated by drug treatments um, so surgery and radiotherapy are the only treatment options um, so about a month after we got married yeah a month after um, I had my right lung removed so I only have one lung now um, it's amazing how God's designed the body that I can 
survive on one lung very well. Um, but subsequently, it has, it has spread, so it's throughout my body now. Um, so I've had another major operation on my spine and then um, lots of, lots of um, periods of radiotherapy. But yes, God, God is good. Um, we can see that um, through, through everything that's happened. And um, yeah, I think how my faith has helped me. Um, I know that I can trust in a God who is good. And I know that I have a certain hope that I look forward to. Um, I, I know that this life isn't all that there is. Um, and I think that's what keeps us going, is that we look forward to a day where there is no more cancer, no more pain, no more um, sadness. Um, and we will be with God, and we will be perfect, and we will be made new. And I think that's what, that, yeah, that's what keeps me going. That's what, um, and I know that Jesus, he walked this path before us. He, um, he went through all kinds of suffering um, so that we could be with him. And so I know that when I pray to him, when I talk to him, I know that he understands. I know that he hears. And um, yeah, that, that's a great comfort to me. Melissa, the last thing for you before you can breathe a bit of a sigh of relief is this. How, how can we best be praying for you and Clover and the girls at the moment? Yeah, I guess I just um, that we would all keep trusting in God's goodness and fixing our eyes on that hope that I just talked about, that we would be leaning on him for strength and for comfort and that we wouldn't be looking elsewhere. Um, yeah, and just keeping close to Jesus, really. Thank you. That's a good thing to pray. I've asked today that um, I'm going to pray for the family and for Widcombe, uh, along the lines Clover said. Then Clover's going to pray for us as a church. I thought that would be a good thing. He's a visiting pastor from another church to pray for our church family. But also I remember a line that Elaine, my first wife, used when she stood here and told you she had cancer. And it was that our family doesn't have a monopoly on suffering. We don't. We may have suffered a lot, but there are people out here today who are, who are sick. There are people out here today facing the loss of loved ones. There are people here who have been bereaved and are feeling the loss. And I've asked Melissa to pray for you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for what we've just heard. We thank you that you're a good God, a Father in heaven who loves, a Father in heaven who loves people like us in all of our brokenness, all of our failure, even in our sin, you love us. And Father, I thank you for your faithfulness to Clover and the girls over the years. I thank you for bringing Melissa into their lives and for the tremendous blessing she has been to them. And I pray as a family, they would continue to look to Jesus. Lord, you know how many times I've prayed for healing. And I continue to pray for Melissa's healing. Lord, I love her. I love what she does for our family. I love what she does for the people at Whitcomb, as I've seen her serve you there. And Lord, you know my heart's desire is she would be here for many more years until that day when you take her home. But Lord, as you took Elaine, 
as you took Sarah. And they're with you in glory and have never been happier. Lord, I know that whatever happens, Melissa is safe in your mighty hands. Lord, help her to know that safe reality in her heart. May that be true for Jasmine and Amber and Clover. May that be true for Melissa's parents and her sister. May those who love her most know that she is safe in your mighty hands. And Father, I want to thank you for calling Clover into pastoral ministry. I thank you for Widcombe and the light that it is to Bath. I want to thank you for the many that have been saved there over the past years. And Father, I thank you for Clover's heart for the nations. And Father, I pray that our church and Widcombe would capture that vision that Jesus shall reign. Where'er the sun doth its successive journeys run, his kingdom stretch from shore to shore till moon shall wax and wane no more. Father God, thank you. A day is coming when cancer will be in the rearview mirror, where there'll be no more mourning or crying or suffering or pain, no more mental health struggles, no more weight of the world that Emily's described, because new creation will have come with Christ and will be free from these things forever. I pray that everyone in this room will be ready for that day. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray for my family here at Headley Park, for my brothers and sisters in this church. Father, I thank you that we are one in Christ. We are united not simply by a common set of beliefs, but that we have been brought into Jesus by faith. And Father, that connects us with you in the most profound and intimate way. And whether people have known you here for decades or whether they're new to faith, Father, I pray that they would grow in their knowledge and love of Jesus Christ this morning. Father, I know that there'll be people who have got all kinds of stuff going on. And Father, I'm familiar with that feeling of darkness and confusion. But Father, when we feel that, we know there is an evil one who would turn our backs to the cross when all we can see is the dark. Father, I pray this morning through what we sing, what we pray, what we read in your word, you would turn every heart here to look at the cross of Jesus in all its glory and all the hope it gives us. Father, I thank you that there are people here this morning who don't know you. Father, I thank you that you want them to hear your voice. And Father, I pray that as a church, they would keep that zeal for Jesus. And in keeping that zeal, Father, they would set aside the trivial things that can so easily divide us. We know that. We know our hearts get twisted up and we make minor things major things and we take our eye off the cause of the gospel. Father, please, would this be a church where humility is known in every heart as people submit to the King for his glory as we sung earlier this morning. Father, the glory to you, and if glory goes to you, it means it's humility for me. Work that miracle among your people here that it would be a testimony to the greatness of Jesus Christ, how they all set their hands to the gospel plow and move in one direction together for his kingdom. For your glory this morning, Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can pray to you as the God of all comfort. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have walked this path before us. You know what it's like to suffer excruciating pain, devastating loss, hurt, disappointment, and every kind of emotion. Lord God, I pray for those in this church family who are hurting and suffering at this time, whether that be physically, mentally, or emotionally. 
Lord, may you surround them with your loving arms. May they know that they are so deeply loved by you and that you will never, ever let them go. May they know you close to them as you work, as they walk on the journey set before them. May they lean on you for strength and peace during this time. May they keep trusting in you and, sure, and the sure and certain hope that they have through Jesus Christ. Lord, we know we can commit all things to you, and we know that you listen. And we ask this in your most precious name. Amen.